We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We are live here on a Thursday, which means if you are living under a rock, Notre Dame has started fall practice. And we had the availability, Brian had the opportunity to be at practice today to Notre Dame football, everything getting kicked off. We also have very big recruiting weekend. Most people know that today, the 27th of July, Deuce Knights, star quarterback out of the state of Mississippi, 2025 quarterback is on campus, which will have obviously some updates there. You should go to boards.irishbreakdown.com. So I'm sure I will have some juicy updates on that later today as far as how that how that great visit went before he goes out of Ole Miss for the 29th. Also have a big, big recruiting weekend this weekend on the 30th, which is Sunday. The Grill and Chill is what they call it. It is their cookout recruits. 2025 players, I think we're over 20 now that are expected on campus, and that is also on the visitor list at boards.irishbreakdown.com. So we're going to do a little bit of a visit preview. We're, of course, going to start the show, though, talking about Brian's practice observations from day two of Notre Dame football. Also talk a little quarterback conversation for 2025 mm-hmm. with Deuce Knight on campus and where this where this recruitment might go and what the next – step is in case it doesn't go quite as Notre Dame would want it. So Brian, day two of being back at practices, man. I know you were super pumped to be back in person this year. How was uh yeah. how was day two, man? Everything was good. No, it- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It was good, yeah. I mean, we... we so just so on, people understand, we saw five periods out of minimum 18. You know, they'll have 18 to 21 per, per period. So... Uh, we're also not supposed to be talking about injuries and things like that, so we won't get any of that stuff. But uh, you know, people asking, "Oh, this guy wasn't there, that guy wasn't there." They weren't there for the five periods we were at. But sometimes guys are getting treatment. Sometimes they're in certain protocols and things like that. So I'm going to talk about what we saw instead of what I think may be the case because of what I didn't see. So we'll focus on that today. So first of all, Brian, the way or Ryan, the way the practice went on is obviously they went through stretch and all that kind of stuff. We were outside all day today, which was really cool. I liked, you know, just getting the sun out and being out there, seeing all the guys go through practice. We got to see warmups and, and, and all that, it's, all that jazz. It, it's not terribly hot out there, is it? Because right now it's, the heat index in Jersey is one Oh four. So it's pretty it's hot. I mean, it, it's nothing like that. Good Lord. It's yeah. nothing like that. Yeah. We're, we're, we're not in nearly the shape that you guys apparently are, Yeah, but it, you know, it was hot out there. It's pretty, it's pretty toasty. Uh, outside today but not, not not unbearable unbearable hot or anything abnormal for this time of the year so what we saw today ryan is we got a chance to watch them go through a, a defensively and offensively a tackling circuit so we got a chance to see the running backs a little bit more today it's a it's a it's more of an i shouldn't say even tackling circuit because they're not allowed to tackle it's more of uh, angles taking proper angles and coming to balance and yeah, yeah yeah exactly that kind of thing more so than you know anybody doing anything related to tackling so it's even not even fair to call that but you know we get to see right. guys run around a little bit they did a turnover circuit on defense and then they went right to the shoots and footwork drills we didn't see a ton from the defense today in that regard i think the linebackers are probably the most active of what we saw today so i i had a chance to watch some of the d-line a little bit of the d-line not a lot Watched a lot of the linebackers today. Because, again, if you're watching five periods, that's five 25-minute periods, five five-minute periods, 25 minutes, and it's not a lot. So you, if you're going to try to watch every position, you're just going to get very little of all of them. So I tried to zero in on a few, so I spent a lot of time watching linebackers today. Of course, running backs, because there was a couple periods in practice, Ryan, where the running backs were off doing drills while everybody else was not doing like a typical position drill. So I watched them. And then there was also a period where they were going through some different circuit stuff where the offensive line was going through drills. So we got a chance to watch them as well. So, you know, saw a little bit of the quarterbacks today, running backs, tight ends. Or, I mean, a little bit of tight ends, but offensive line a lot, linebackers a lot. So we'll, we'll focus on those today and then be yeah. back at it tomorrow and I'll focus on other positions. And that's the thing that I'll be doing is, you know, just kind of focusing on different positions on each day. You see a little bit of everybody, you know, but you you focus on because we don't get like one on ones. There's no seven on sevens. There's no team. Right. It's just drills. Yeah. Right. So it's like, well, this guy on scholarship and their name looks athletic. Woohoo. You know, so <laughs> but it is good to see him. I'm, I'm yeah. Please don't take that. I'm complaining about it. It's just like we have to understand the context of what we're seeing so that we don't make too much out of things. But it is still good to see like seeing Jason Onye in person. Right. And that's one of the things I talked about in my practice report. Yeah. When you see him really up close and personal, you realize just how big he is. Because he doesn't look that big because he's not like your typical D-tack where he's got like the big gut and like the, you know, the really big, you know, he looks not big. But then you see him in person, you're like, it's a pretty big kid, you yeah. know, and, and you see how muscular he is. But then you see how well he moves and you see those type of things, you know, getting to see Charles Jagasaw in person. You see 6'7", 330. You see Sullivan Absher, 6'6", 326. You're like, uh-huh, hope that's not a lot of bad weight. 
then you see him in person, you're just like, I mean, because you've seen Sullivan Absher, you're not surprised Sam. probably him being 326. He yeah. was never 295 like they made him to be. He was always over 300 pounds. Yeah. But he's he's got to reshape his body, but he's not a fat kid, right? And that's just big. It, it's nice to see that when you see him up close and personal, see how they move their feet, those type of things. Now, I can't say all the linemen um, have good weight. I think Tai Chan needs to work on just reshaping his body a little bit and, and, and making some of the weight better weight. Saw that today. But I do like seeing guys up close and personal in those, in those areas, Ryan. There, there's certainly value to seeing it and seeing guys move around, you know, watching Jadarian Price move around and seeing him with that burst and all those things are important. Eli Raritan's a guy I talked about. So there was a lot of that, but uh, I'll tell you what, there's not a lot else I would have rather been doing this morning than being out there watching. I just yeah. wish we could have got a little bit more of it. That's my only my only complaint today is I wish we could have got a little bit more of it. That, uh, that picture that was circulating about Jason Onye last week, I played a little game with my wife and a couple of friends. I was like, how much do you think this guy weighs? And they're like, 230 i'm like yeah that man is over 290 pounds <laughs> like that's absolutely right. insane so right yeah and i also i also saw charles jagasaw in person down in san antonio as well and mm-hmm. he is just a massive human being because people started asking it brian and it's a fair question of you know is it bad weight is it good weight like i completely understand it but i remember when he was down in san antonio he was already 325 and i'm just like nah he's just a big kid mm-hmm. like he's just big right. like, it's not bad it's just He's massive. Like I, right. I can heard the Trey Smith that played in Tennessee. It's like yeah. Trey Smith wasn't fat. He was just huge. Yeah. Man. Like like Quentin Nelson shoulders. was that way at Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Quentin was 330, 340, but he wasn't fat. He was just massive. Because like, I've seen Trey, <laughs> I saw Trey Smith in high school, Ryan, and, and I mean yeah. broad shoulders, big waist. And when I mean big, I just mean circumference, not like my waist is big because I need to lose weight. Like he's just like a kid could be in like zero, you know. 3% body fat and he's going to have a huge belt size, right? Just, it's just big, big thighs, big hands, like really big hands, you know, big feet, just big, big head, Yes, you know, just, and Jagasol's like you said, Jagasol's that way. He's just a big kid. It's just a really big kid. Someone Absher is just a big kid and Jagasol makes him look not big. You know who I saw today that was bigger than Jagasol? Not so much broad, but definitely height wise and like broad shoulder wise. Like I should say broad Tosh. and like the look Tosh. Tosh, Tosh yeah, Baker yeah. looks big. Yeah, yeah he's like let's six, just actually, He's the tallest on the roster. Let's start there, Ryan. Let's just kind of yeah. start with the offensive line since we're already kind of getting there. Let's just kind yeah. of dive into that a little bit of what we saw from today. Let's do it. So th- this is, of course, going to go over some of the observations that Brian has on his post-practice observation that's live on irishbreakdown.com. But I will tell everyone, if you're not on the message board, boards at irishbreakdown.com, he always gives the subscribers – and the people on the premium message board, the first dibs on his observations yeah. after every practice. So make sure you go there because you'll get it quicker than absolute everybody. But let's go offensive lineman, Brian. I know that you had you already hit on Jagasaw and Absher a little bit, but you highlighted most well, of the freshman class that yeah. was able to be yeah. in attendance here, obviously. Because we got to see him move around, right? Yes. Like that's the thing is we got to see him move around a little bit today, a little bit more than yesterday as we were focused on other things because they were going through some drills. So. One thing that I don't remember, we were talking about this today. Vince and I, Vince was there, and, and uh, Chris Summers was there. He's a friend of Vince's. He uh, is helping us out. He uh, was an offensive line coach at a local high school. But you know, we were all kind of watching this part of the drill as they were doing some a turnover circuit, and we were all supposed to be watching different things, but we all ended up watching the offensive line. We were saying, I don't remember Harry Heastan using shoots a whole lot, to be honest with you. And, and I don't necessarily love shoots for offensive linemen. Uh, if if you have to use it correctly, 
And I thought right. the way that they did it with Coach Rudolph today, I liked how they did it, right? Because what they would do is they'd get on the very edge of the shoot and they would actually step out of it laterally, almost like they were working to, you know, if I'm a, if I'm a guard, I'm working over to take on a like four eye or reach a wide three kind of thing, as opposed to just like driving off vertically. Cause I'm like, well, you don't really ever, how often does an offensive lineman just kind of go straight ahead and you know it, you are you are a man amongst boys if you are just going in a straight line that means that you yeah. just physically dominated your dude across and, from and the line. defense and the defense is just lining up right in your face i mean usually right. my point is you have someone that's like either in a shade inside a shade outside you've got to kind of step to power yep. and so we saw them doing that so they weren't just like you know stink because like what i've always seen with like big tall linemen is when you're just kind of in a shoot and you're just kind of coming straight out they yep. just kind of lunge over and step out but today it was like really working on keeping your your base low, like step, come across and work for power and drive. And and it actually made a lot of sense. They were doing it with like tackles on one side. And then so like if you can picture it, Ryan, so the shoot's kind of going this way, right? And so you've got a lineman kind of on. So if I'm looking at it and it, I'm looking at across, there's a lineman facing me on the far left of it coming out and he's stepping on the pole outside the pole and then like reaching and then driving. And then the other side is they're on the back pole looking out that way. And they're stepping out that way as opposed to having them on the same side. And so it's basically, you know, one of them's like the group of tackles. The other one's like the group of centers and guards. It was actually kind of interesting how they were doing it. Uh, but when you watch Jagasaw play, you, you you see two things real right away, Ryan, is, is well, three things right away. Number one, massive. Number two, he moves surprisingly well for a big kid. He really yeah. does. He gets out of his brakes. He gets out of the stance well. He keeps his pads low. He, he drives through contact. He's a big, strong kid, but he just doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, that's really the thing, Ryan, is he doesn't know what he's doing. He's kind of like lunging, and he's like when he hits, he kind of – kind of yanks this way and it's just like no stay square drive through all correctable stuff so you just you just see that he's still a raw kid but the the tools like you know what i'm talking about ryan like when you when you see a kid on film you're like yeah it looks pretty good on film but he's also 100 pounds bigger than anybody's going against and then you see him live and you're just like you know that kid just didn't didn't move the way i hoped he was going to move when i saw him live and i'm sure you've seen this at the combine i'm sure you've seen it at camps you've gone to you just like I was really hoping that guy looked better in person than he did. Yes. That was kind of what I liked about Jagasaw is honestly, if Charles Jagasaw, I didn't expect him to be a, a fundamentally sound you know, technique machine on day two. I wanted to see, can this kid move like an offensive tackle that is supposed to move? I've seen Ronnie Stanley. I've seen Zach Martin in person. I know what they look like. I know what Liam Eikenberg looks like in practice. I know what Robert Hainsey looks like. Tommy Kramer, Aaron Banks. Mike McGlinchey, Quentin Nelson, Alex Bars. I mean, we can go down the list of all these kids we've seen in person at Notre Dame in these practices, and you know what it looks like. You know, so when we're yeah. talking about yesterday, people saying, you know, well, what are you comparing this to? I'm comparing it to, well, what does this running back room look like compared to when I was at Notre Dame's camp watching CJ Procise and Torian Folson and Josh Adams and Dexter Williams, Dexter Williams, you know, or the receiving core with Will Fuller and Chris Brown and Corey Robinson and, you know, all these talented players. Those are what you're comparing it to. So when I watch Charles Jagasaw move, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm seeing a guy that that moves and, and works like the elite guys we've seen. He just now has to learn how to play the game. And you saw that from Sullivan Absher a little bit today too. Now, Sullivan's got a little bit more, I don't want to say, I, I, I just don't know a better term to use. He's got a little bit more pudginess that has to be worked on, which that's just sure. his body type. We've seen that. 
but he looked like good. Like you could tell Sullivan had a really good summer. Yes. Of just really working and getting stronger. You know, he, he didn't look as kind of pudgy as he did well, before. Well, Brian, it's, can I say, I, I saw yeah. him down in San Antonio and I mean, I, I mean, being Sullivan talked like, I thought he had a little bit of bad weight on him at that point. So yeah, I did. And but then I yeah. saw a picture of him when he was at the Blue and Gold game visiting. I'm like, oh, he's working his butt off. There's no doubt yeah. about it because his body is looking already a ton better. And that's before he even got to campus. So yeah. there was some bad weights at work off, and it's yeah. totally fine. It's about what you're working and, towards. And some and he's of it's still there, there but yeah. not to the degree that we saw when we when we first saw him. And the first time I ever saw him in person was that April of the Blue Gold game, the weekend he committed. Yep. Right. And so those are good things. Those are things that you want to see. You want to see a guy that's in better shape and, and those type of things and, and working on it. But I liked how he moved, Ryan. I don't have a clue because here, here's the thing about playing tackle. Right. You have to be able to play in space. And that doesn't mean are you athletic enough to play in space only. That's yeah. part of it. You have to be athletic enough to play in space. But you also have a have to have a comfort level in space. With what we've seen so far, I can't answer that question with Sullivan Absher and Charles Jagasaw. I can't. Right. We just we need to see more. We need to see them with pads on. But the the one thing that you do evaluate about young linemen on a day like to the, today is do they at least have the athleticism and length at the minimum to do it? And there's no doubt those two kids have that. Yeah. That was an encouraging thing to see. There was no doubt to me that Sullivan has the foot quickness and the change of direction, you know, watching him come out of that with some quickness, even watching him hold bags, you know, because like the way linemen do drills is like you have a group going and then the other you know, kind of the younger guys will hold bags. Even yeah. just watching him hold bags, you know, he, he, it's like, okay, yeah, this kid's got something to him, right? It, it just works in progress. The guy that really impressed me today with his footwork and just how smooth he was was Sam Pendleton. Like just watching him go through drills, you're like, okay, you can tell which of these freshmen has 15 practices under his belt already. Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? There just was an understanding of what he's doing. And Sam was always a guy that I thought, at least as a senior, had probably you know, pretty quality footwork. He did, did a much better job as a senior keeping his pads low, driving through that. So he already had that. But I was worried, Ryan, when I saw that he gained 14 pounds. Like, okay, I hope it's good weight. And it is. Yeah. He looks – like he doesn't look like a freshman anymore. I'll just say that. Right. But he moves well. You know, he, he's a guy that will, he's not at guard, right. Just cause he's a, a thumper. He's got he's the ability to move long. and, and yeah. work and get to the second level that, that foot quickness, you watch him drive. Cause when they do these drills where they're driving out of the, the stance, you can kind of see, okay, is this guy heavy footed or is this guy like really picking him up and putting him down without then? Cause here's the, right, here's two mistakes that you can make. Right. Number one is, you get too low or you lunge and you're getting really he and you're heavy footed because you're just not real athletic. The other one is, is you're going really fast because you've stood up and you're basically running. I mean, that, you know what I mean? Like you see these drills with young offensive linemen. They're like, well, I was going fast. Well, you were standing up running. You're never going to block like that. It's, can you come off? Can you keep that base? Can you keep your, you know, your feet where they need to be and, and really power through while maintaining that base? Do you have that foot quickness? Can you, can you pick them up and put them down? Right. And Sam, Sam has that. He, he certainly well, has that. Brian, this is – has there ever been a bigger offensive line Not, class of freshmen? Yeah. I mean, it's um, – it, you're talking 330, 326, 314 San Pendleton. Chris Tarek is over 300 pounds as well. Joe Otting is the lone small offensive lineman yeah. right now because – and we knew that he was going to be a kid that had to gain weight. Like, this is a massive offensive line group this year, yeah. man. Like, I – 
Yeah, I don't know of one that's this big across the board. Like the, the yeah. 2014 class had Quentin Nelson and St. Alex Bars. They were both really big. Sure. But they'd also had Jimmy Byrne, who wasn't that big, and Sam Mustafer, who wasn't that big. You know, Sam was more like a, you know, a Zeke Carell body type, you know, even coming out of high school. The 2013 O-line class, Ryan, was really long. Like that yeah. class could match this one in the height. You had Mike McGlinchey was 6'7", Steve Elmer was 6'6", Hunter Biven was 6'6", Colin McGovern was 6'5", and John Monthless was a short guy at 6'4". But Elmer was like 305. McGlinchey was like 260, 270 coming out of high school. McGovern was 285, 290. Biven was 295, 300. Yeah. Like Montalus was the only big guy, but he had he was sloppy big. He wasn't like, yeah. you know, these are just big kids, Ryan. So to your point, I I mean, the 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 closest I could probably think ryan to it was probably the 2017 class now yeah. robert hainsey wasn't really big but aaron banks was a really big kid josh lug was a really you know 305 310 pound kid aaron banks was 320 and then dylan gibbons was a mm-hmm. bigger kid that's probably the closest to it but like you said this is a four of them yeah. where the fourth guy in that 17 group was robert hainsey who was closer to joe odding than he is to christopher terrick or you know, Sullivan Absher, Charles Jagasol. So yeah, it's, it's insane. It's it's been a minute. And that was something that was a point of emphasis of Coach Eastan last year. I mean, we've talked about this. Like Coach Coach Quinn did some really nice things. He improved some of the athleticism of the group, but they there was a lot of guys they brought that just didn't have the frames to get bigger. You know, you think of like Caleb Johnson, really good football player, but just it's gonna struggle to have that frame. You know, Emil yep. Wagner's a guy that kind of Michael Carmody. Uh, Tosh Baker for a while struggled to handle the weight he had to gain to play tackle. Now he's finally seems like he's he's you know the the weight is he's comfortable with the weight now and he's moving really well, uh, which was very encouraging to see and playing with good pad level because Tosh always struggled with pad level too. Ryan, he just wasn't didn't look like a natural bender, right? And he's not a knee bender. Like if you're tall and not a knee bender, you're gonna have trouble playing with good pad level. He he's doing a better job with that. Uh, this this fall camp so far. I mean, again, no pads on, right? So let's see what the, the pads look like. But it really seemed like Coach Heastan was focusing on size. Even the guys yep. they missed on. Monroe Freeling is a massive kid. Massive, like yeah. He's going to yeah. end up being 6'7", 315, 320 when it's all said and done, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Samson Okalola is a massive kid. Like even the kids they uh, – Austin Saravan, the kid that went to Ohio State, they end up not, not even not, not passing on, but he was a 6'3", 6'4", and. 15 pound kid right um that's why coach Eastan wasn't really huge on the montgomery kid from ohio he wasn't very high on him because he's just like this is just i want beef in this class we need yeah. some beef and this class uh brought it now christopher Tarek's probably the one that has the most need for body reshaping yep but he's even when he does that it's it, his weight's not going to get lower a lot lower it's just going to be it it's going to be in different, different form weight Right. Yeah. But he's going to be a 315 pound kid when it's all said and done. Right. So, I mean, and there's still room for Sam Pendleton to maybe add four or five more pounds. I mean, uh, if Sam Pendleton ends up playing at 320, I'm not going to be surprised because he's got a really nice frame. Someone after is going to stay in the 320s. Charles Jagasol is never going to be outside the 320s. I mean, he's going to be a big kid to your point and you're going to need some of that. And then you look at like this next year's class and, and what they're adding, you know, there's a nice little balance, you know, Nap is, 
more athletic and and Styles Prescott, but Styles Prescott has a frame. He's going to be six six, three hundred plus pounds easily with that frame oh, yeah. that he has. I mean, he's already so. two eighty five. If Notre Dame's able to get uh, get Gary Lambert, he's going to be way over three hundred pounds when it's all said and done. I mean, he's he's got a great frame. And then Peter Jones, of course, is a is a three hundred plus pounder too. So it was clear that they wanted to add. Caleb Brewer was going to be that way. It was very clear that Coach Heastan had a desire to add more beef to the offensive yep. line, and that that this freshman class certainly brings that. But they're not stiffs. That's the important no. thing. It's not just yep. big guys that you play in a really tight phone booth, right? These are kids that can move, can get to the second level, can play in space and do all those type of things once the technique gets there. And that was evident today in drills. It's like, okay, these kids have a lot of – they need a lot of work, a lot of work. And Charles Jack, people talking about is Charles Jackson going to start – Right now, if you saw him today, you'd say, no way, no way. But I can't wait until he figures it out because those tools are really impressive. That's kind of what you saw from him in Sullivan Absher. And Sam Pendleton. I'd say Sam Pendleton right now is the closest to being able to help you right now, which shouldn't surprise anyone because this is practice 17 for Sam Sam, uh, Pendleton, where it's practice two for Sullivan Absher and Charles Jagsall. Right. Why well, I saw I saw a picture of Sam yesterday, and I was like, "Man, Pendleton looks really good, man! Like he's just a massively put together kid at this point. So he's definitely taken to the strength and conditioning program. He's definitely taken to the off season. So that's great to hear that the 2023 class of offensive linemen have come up to sh- and showed their worth. Let's finish up on the offensive line, Brian, because obviously you talked o- already about Tosh Baker, who it's, it's great that he sounds that he's playing with a little bit more bend, maybe a little bit more foot quickness, mm-hmm. looks more yeah. comfortable in his skin, which is great Ooh, to hear. Yeah. You also had a note on a couple of the guards that are competing yep. for a starting job. So yep. what, what do you have on the a couple of guards that kind of impressed you today? Well, I'm just going to watch Rocco pretty much every practice because I just want to see if he can maintain what we've seen so far, right? Like, can you hold that? You know, yeah, you showed up in great shape, but what happens when you get when the camp legs start to hit? Because you're never going to be as fresh in the season as you are the first day of camp, right? I mean, that's just that's football, right? That's true for everybody. You know, does he maintain the good footwork and the good quickness? Obviously, today we saw that. And sometimes when we're focused on guys that we're maybe not sure of who they are, we tend to not focus much on guys we know. So I did want to make sure I watched a little bit of Andrew Kristoffic today. Uh, he looked good. He, he's he's moving with purpose. I'll just say that. Like, Andrew's not like, well, man, Rocco had a good offseason. Guess I'm going to have to, you know, accept this backup job. Now, he's moving with purpose, and he's moving with confidence. Is he going to be able to move people, Ryan? I can't tell that today. There's still no pads on. But it, right. from an athletic standpoint, I think Andrew's kind of in a little bit of the same boat that Tosh is. I sometimes felt like Andrew lost a little bit of athleticism in the last year. When we saw him last year especially – because of the big weight gains that he's had to get up to the level he is, he looks more comfortable now. And, and you, you see this a lot, Ryan, in the NFL draft stuff. You'll see those kids that were 260 that go, get to 300 really quick. Some of them never get used to their bodies. Uh, the kid from Ohio State, Nicholas pettit Frere, just never got his foot quickness yep. back. Some of these kids that put that weight on early, it takes them a couple years. It's like a growth spurt. And then they finally figure out how to play with that weight. Their athleticism catches up and they become they, they get there. You never know which one's who's going to be one and who's going to be the other. So it is good to see those guys move around. Now we need to see if Tosh and Andrew can move people. That's still a question mark because we haven't seen that. They weren't movers when they played in the past, but they're definitely moving quickly. Now we need to see if the power is going to fall. And, and I would imagine it would because they've both added weight. Yep. So – 
you know, you'd, you'd hope that it came with power. It's, it was kind of related to the question that I asked Coach Freeman yesterday, Ryan, is like, you know, every year when I get the new roster, I, I put the weight gains on there of anyone who gained more than four pounds. And I just felt like this year there was a lot more six, sevens, nines, tens, elevens than we have seen in past years. And so then when I see that, my first thought is, okay, I want to see how these guys move. So you want to know why I think the first two days are so important? I'm seeing a lot of kids put a lot of weight on. We'll get to Jack Kaiser here in a minute. He gained over 10 pounds since last year. That, to me, it's not a red flag. It just, you know, light goes on. Okay, let's see if he can run with this weight. You know, and you see that with some of these linemen. It's like, okay, these guys are putting on the weight. Are they adding power, you know, or with the extra weight? Are they losing agility with the extra weight? Those are all questions. And from the offensive line, there were a abnormally high amount of five plus pound weight gains on the offensive line this year. Yeah. Two reasons why, Ryan. I think one of it is it's still a very young group. You know, Joe Walt's still just going into his junior year. But even with like Zeke Carell, even you know, um, Joe Alt, who's a junior, you know, gained seven pounds. You you say, okay, well, these, but are are they moving? That's always a question. Are they still moving? And I saw no one take a step back in movement. And matter of fact, I thought they worked quicker because I I wasn't at last year's practices, but if you remember, I had somebody videoing the offensive line almost every day as they're going yep. through these drills. So I'm I'm able to kind of compare them and I like how they're moving. I really am. And they're going to need to because they're going to be asked to do – they're going to ask be asked. I don't know if you were able to listen to yesterday's show, Ryan. Based on what we saw scheme-wise, they're going to be asked to play outside of the box more this year mm-hmm. if you if you catch my drift on that. They're not just going to be playing right here as much right. this year. you know. And they're always – Coach Heesan was always a here to the second level, here to the second level. Uh, but the run schemes that they were employing this last year – uh, with Coach Eastan, they weren't doing that. It, it, it's going to look a lot more like what they were asking those guys to do in 2017 than than what they were doing in 2022. So, again, it's not the offensive line coach being the reason for it. It's the play calling being the reason for it. We're just going to see them moving a lot. So it was kind of like, well, you're asking them to move a lot, but you're putting weight on all of them. Right. But they're moving fine so far. So, so far, so good, Ryan. We'll see if it continues, but yep. so far, so good on the offensive line. I'll say what, Brian – how good this offense line is going to be. I expect it to be very good. It's a question mark, obviously, to just how good as of right now. Mm-hmm. We're in preseason, but they are certainly going to look the parts. There's no doubt yeah. about that. Coming off the bus, you'll be like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah. Not, oh, not gosh, yes. Well, when when Joe Walt's like, you're not like third. When Blake Fisher's probably your like, because he's the only person right now I have a question about because he he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah. And 310 is still big, but some guys at 310 can't move people the way they could at 325. Sure. And so Blake looks great movement-wise. My question is going to be, since he's gone kind of the opposite direction of everybody else, is can he still move people? And we're not going to know the answer to that until the pads come on, but he's moving great. But when Blake Fisher is now like your what, fifth or sixth biggest offensive lineman at best, it's not I mean, think about it. When, when Notre Dame... If the starting lineup is Andrew Gustafic and Billy Shrouth at guard, Blake Fisher is your third biggest offensive lineman. If your starting lineup is Rocco Spindler and Billy Shrouth, Blake Fisher is your fourth biggest offensive lineman. So, yeah, they, they got a little bit more beef to them this year, right? I mean, there's yes. no doubt about it. But they're moving well, and that's going to be the key. This is a big offensive line. And that's partly why Emil Wagner looks so small. Right. Just because, like, 
he he's bigger at 288, but he's he's still like 10, 15, 20, 25 pounds slighter than so many of these other guys. I mean, it's a massive offensive line. It really is. Really is. Well, is. I think that ba- that balance really matters. It's a great note, right? For a, a team that we expect to be more, more diverse with what they're going to run offensively, you need guys that can move and be able to move people at the point of attack. So mm-hmm. I think that balance is going to be very important to get to. Brian, we used to start with quarterbacks, but we pivoted to the offensive line for good reason. That's obviously where the conversation was going. You had a couple small notes on the uh, quarterbacks. I saw Kenny Minch mentioned. I saw Sam Hartman mentioned. mentioned. What's, what was your quick evaluation or observations of the, of the quarterbacks today? So we saw the quarterbacks basically going through individual drills and then throwing some routes on air. So we didn't seem like read defenses and all that. They were working on um, a couple routes that require them to, to read across the field. So like sort of the working horizontally across the field. They were also doing some unique drills where they're kind of like doing a handoff and then they kind of got to move out and they get a ball tossed to them and then they got to throw off platform. And just in this particular drill, you could really tell, and Vince will talk even more about it probably tonight, but you could just really tell who was and wasn't comfortable throwing off platform. Kenny Minchie and Sam Hartman, it's second nature to them. And just changing arm angles and all that kind of stuff, they do it second nature. Steve Angeli's really uncomfortable with that. And you know, I've always believed, Ryan, you don't really change that. You don't go from yeah. being a he, – he's. it's like when they – remember when a couple of years ago when we were watching the Simses work with Jack Cohn and they're trying to like change his arm angles? Like, guys, he's a fifth-year senior. He's not changing his arm angles, right? I mean, yeah. this is who he is. And, and, and then when we got to the season, we never saw Jack do that because that's just not who he is. That's kind of how Steve is. So it's not a negative. It's just you're just not going to ask him to do – if he's your quarterback, if he's your starting quarterback, there's just things you're not going to ask him to do in the RPO game that you may ask Kenny Minchie and Sam Hartman to do. That's just the reality of it. He's going to be, he's going to do more. He's going to do different things because like Bryce Young can throw with different arm angles. Tua could throw with different arm angles. Mac Jones wasn't really a different arm angle kind of guy. So it's yeah. not one's better than the other. It's just when, when one guy's your starter, you know, Hey, we can do certain things in the RPO game, play action game out of the pocket game that we're just not going to ask that guy to do. And you just have to tailor your system to it. So this isn't a knock on Steve. It's just an observation of something mm-hmm. he just doesn't do as well as those other guys, in my opinion. Well, well, and I think a great point too, Brian is, is based upon that. It's just about what you have to teach him, right? Like you, different players need different types of teaching. And for, Steve, if Steve's not as comfortable throwing from different arm angles, you might just need to focus on his footwork a lot more, right? Like you right. got to get your base re- in a better position quicker and reset that base, maybe a little bit, maybe maybe a little bit quicker or faster than what Steve Angelia, I mean, um, what Kenny Minchie has to do, for instance, right? Because he could just right. throw off of a weird platform and still get the football out there. So, right. I think it'll be interesting. We expect obviously there to be a, a heavier dose of RPO into this offense this year right. in theory. So having a couple guys that can do things off platform is going to be very important, but again, it doesn't mean that Steve Angeli can't do that stuff. It just might have to look a little bit different. Yeah. It, Cause you don't have to be in, in, in a, a changing arm, arm angle guy yeah. on RPOs. It just means there's certain RPOs you're going to do differently. Yes. You know, like uh, some guys can change arm angles thrown vertically. Some guys can only do it throwing a now screen, right? right? You just have to know your guy and what he's good at. Here's something else I observed, Ryan, that I'm going to start looking for now. And this is going to sound really nerdy, but follow along with me because I think I think there's something here. One of my complaints I've always heard about Steve Angel, and you've heard me make it before, and I thought I think you saw it last year with your own eyes when you were at practices. He tends to miss high a lot. Yeah. 
I think I kind of have a reason why. And and I and I've gone back and look at old photos to try to confirm. So my wife took a lot of pictures of the quarterbacks yesterday. And in almost every single shot she would take of a quarterback, kind of she would just kind of you know click, 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 click through the whole process. So it's like here, 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 here. When Steve Angeli gets here, his eyes go up to the football. He loses his target and he looks at the ball. And then when the ball, because like a lot of quarterbacks will throw it, then track the ball. And and so I watched Kenny Minchie, the photos of Kenny Minchie and Sam Hartman, and they're here on the target. Steve gets here and his eyes go up to the ball on Ryan. I'm going to send you a picture of every single time she has a picture of him about to release the football. He's looking at the football. When you take your eyes off the football, that's going to raise your target level. And it's also going to change your sort of your release a little bit. And that's going to most likely lead you being very high. I'm curious if Notre Dame has seen that and they need to address that with him. That's weird. Right. That's because weird. it's something I think a lot of kids do. It's like, you know, you're just kind of focused on the ball. So I would, I would address that. And if, if, if I'm right on that and I could be wrong, but if I'm, if I'm right on that and, and, if it's something he's just doing in, in individual, it could just be he's worried about maybe I just want to make sure my release point's good. There there could be some justification for it. If yeah. I'm at Notre Dame, I'm watching during seven on seven and team, and I'm trying to get my eyes on that to see if that's happening. Cause that could be something that that could just, th- if that just throws your, your release point off by this much, it's going to dramatically change the course of the football. And if that's an issue, they can clean that up. And I mean, that's fixable if that's something that's causing his ball. Cause like he's, he's a really, he's a really fundamentally sound quarterback, Ryan. Yeah. When he throws, he was like that at Bergen. So it's like, why does a kid that's got clean mechanics like this not have better ball placement? That's it was weird. always kind of a bit of a, like you'd even see him like camp film and, and be, oh, look how good Steve Angeli was. And I'm like, that was not where it wanted to be. Like, yeah, he's completing these passes, but. The ball placement's not good, and that's good. when It's okay when you're going through RVA, but when you're playing team and you're going through seven-on-sevens, like that ball placement issues are going to be problematic. I'd be curious if they could address if they if they can see that. But I, I noticed that when I was going through the photos last night, and I so I went back to previous practices that she took photos of the quarterbacks, and I saw the same thing. His eyes would immediately – because he'd be here, and so I'd see the picture here, and he's looking here. But the very next shot is here when the ball's about to come out and his eyes are looking at the football. It's very interesting. I've never really seen that before. So I'm curious that's if that's <laughs> if that's something that's kind of could be creating some of the issues a little bit. It's very interesting. Huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you throw with your rides and your lead foot. So that's uh it's very strange. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. Shall yeah. see. Very interesting. So yeah. something something to keep an observation out for, I guess. That's right. Um that's right. Spe- speaking of great observations, Brian, you said yesterday you didn't get to see as much of the running backs. Today you got a much deeper dive. Yeah into the running backs and it sounds this running back room is gonna be pretty good yeah. man that's what it sounds like to me so like yesterday ryan we got to see the running backs during like the seven on seven and team stuff and you're like oh boy these guys are really athletic but i didn't watch them go through drills today i watched them go through drills and there was a couple guys we didn't get to see as much yesterday like i didn't i didn't pay as much attention on your estimate which apparently some people took as like okay he's not going to be the normal back anymore apparently i have no idea but 
so watched him a tad, but not a lot. I really wanted to see Devin Ford a little bit today, and I wanted to see how Jadarian Price looked in drills with change of direction. And you know, is he is he showing the same burst, cutting off both feet, that kind of thing? And and I liked what I saw in in a vertical type of drill. Devin Ford's not going to blow you away. He just doesn't have the same ex- first type explosiveness that that Price and and Love and Jabron Payne have. I mean, Jabron Payne's got a really nice burst. But what I saw from Devin is he's really quick. You know, he, he makes very good sudden movements. It's not like super shaky. It's just quick. It's quick. It's just quick. And so when you watch him go through drills, he's got a real subtle shakiness to him, Ryan, where it's, again, it's not like that elaborate, you know, oh, kind of thing you see at like seven on seven drills. It's just, whoop, 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 you know, just like those little movements. And you saw that in drills today, and it was impressive. And they're doing a lot of things in these drills to get the running backs, the football, in space in a lot of different ways. He catches the ball real clean, really nice quickness, not a lot of wasted motion with him. You can tell he's a vet, right? You can tell he's been – and you can tell he's been coached well because I really like the running back coach Penn State. I think he does a really nice job. So you're getting a kid that's already kind of well-schooled. Now it's just about getting him caught up in your system. But I liked what I saw from him today. They also did a lot of pass pro stuff today as well, Ryan, which I like to see. Day two of camp, you're already doing pass pro. That was good to see. Not just getting in the football and all those type of things. But uh, um, they all engaged it. They they all put the effort in. But, man, the foot quickness and the explosiveness from this group prior to the pads going on is is standing out. I was talking with a couple other people uh, today um, that were at practice and and – we were having this discussion too, and 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 we all kind of agree. Like I've never seen a five man group at Notre Dame. We've seen some really good three three man groups, occasionally a good four man group, but usually in like the four man groups, it's like the Torian Folston, CJ Prosize, Josh Adams, Dexter Williams four man group. Ryan was really impressive, but two of those guys are true freshmen. That's you got a senior, or junior, two sophomores before you even get to your freshman class. So it's um it's an impressive looking group of players. There's the speed is there, the quickness, and there's different body types. Like Jeremiah Love has a completely different body type than the other guys. Jadarian Price has a completely different body type to Jabron Payne. Jabron Payne's like that that prototypical Midwestern running back that you think, right? Like 5'10, big biceps, big thick calves, big thick, you know, thighs and butt, and really quick and powerful with some juice. You know what I'm talking about? Like the guys like Wisconsin's had, that's Jabron Payne. And then there's Jeremiah Love, who's like six foot plus, slender, really cut up and explosive. Right yeah, now. Right. yeah, right. And yeah. then Jadarian Price is kind of like, he doesn't have the thick lower side, but then his upper body's just jacked. I mean, they're really all different. And then, of course, there's Audrey Estime, who's 230 pounds. But there's different body types there too, Ryan. But the athleticism of this group is just really impressive. It really is. Like, I made a comment yesterday. Like, Logan, I mean, Audric estimates the slowest running back they have, probably by a decent amount. And people took that kind of the wrong way. What I'm saying is, think about how good, how athletic you have to be for Audric estimate to be the guy that is least impressive athletically. Just pure speed and movement skills. That's impressive. Because we know Audric, I mean, again, last 10 games, 6.6 yards per carry. So and him and Devin me. Ford are kind of down here at the bottom as far as athleticism. That's that's an exciting thing because we know who Audric is. We know what he can do. This group's got a lot of ability, Ryan. There's no doubt. 
I mean, it's an embarrassment of riches at this point. I know, obviously, Devin Ford didn't have the career at Penn State that he wanted, but, I mean, that kid was a high-caliber four-star player coming out of high school as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you're talking about a bunch of four-star kids, a couple top 50 kids in there with the Jeremiah Loves of the world. So, I'm excited about running back, man. I know that some people have question marks outside of Odrick because of, you know, some injuries and some younger guys, and I completely get it, but I'm excited to see what the running back room is going to do this year. and. Off to a good start, it seems. Yeah. La- I mean, athletically, right? Yes. Like like receivers, you're defined – when you're a ball carrier, you're defined by what you do when the pads come on, right? But it's a great place to start. It's a great foundation to start. Last note that you had, Brian, was you kind of had a little bit of notes on a wide receiver as well as a mm-hmm. couple tight ends. So maybe we'll group this one together yeah. as pass catchers. Yeah, just real brief because I didn't watch them a ton. You know, I, I – we kind of know what Jaden Greathouse and Rico Flores are going to do. So drills don't matter a whole lot for me, for them. I don't really care what Tobias Merriweather looks like in drills. I don't care what Jaden Thomas and Chris like. But reason I watched a little bit of Braylon James today, because in the spring, Braylon fought the ball a little bit. Because he was thinking about so many things. He just, he would just fight it. You know what I mean by that, Ryan? Like it just, he wasn't clean. He wasn't confident. He wasn't crisp. He was just like, he was thinking about my top end and am I taking the right angle? Oh, shoot, the ball's coming. <laughs> you know what exactly. I mean? And it's just like, yeah. he was stuck on his lines. Yeah. yeah. Well, yesterday I saw a little bit of that, of, of okay, he, what, he was better yesterday. Okay, it was at first day. But then today, too, I'm seeing him, I'm, you know, dropping balls over his outside shoulder, balls that are a little extended. He's reaching out and making nice catches for me. That great one on one catch yesterday over Jade Mickey. So that was an encouraging thing to see. Like, was it mental for him in the spring? He's just trying to get caught up for everything? Or did he just not have great hands? And so seeing him catch the ball clean, crisp, and just not thinking as much. In the, now, he still has a lot of work technically. Like, he's still thinking. And yeah. I would imagine there's probably going to be some times in team where he is fighting the ball. But again, that tells me that's a mental thing of he's just got so much on his mind. But once he is more comfortable with the technique and the assignments and the alignments and all that kind of stuff, then he'll be back to clean and catching the ball clean because in drills, like if a guy catch, if a guy doesn't have great hands, he's going to not have great hands all the time. Now, some guys don't have great hands in the team period because mentally they're just not comfortable and they're not thinking they're now thinking about it, right? As opposed to just doing it. So when you're an individual and doing stuff that they were doing today, you're going to see a guy just naturally do what he's comfortable with. So to see Braylon catch the ball clean today to me was really good because the speed's there and you see that in every drill they do. You're like, that guy comes off the line with a little bit different burst than everybody that's not named Chris Tyree. That's just what you see when you, when you watch these drills, because like Tobias is really smooth and Tobias has some, you know, some decent top end speed too, but Tobias is a build up your speed kind of guy more so. Uh, But he's just more fluid and smooth where Braylon just has that just at the snap, just bam, he just kind of comes off the line with a different speed today or any day, really. But now to see him catching the ball clean, you're like, okay, he's getting there. Like he's, he's going to need some time, but yep. The tools are all there, Ryan. That's the whole point, right? We're going to find out if Braylon James can ever develop into a great receiver, but he catches the ball real nicely and he's really explosive. Uh, Eli Raritan, same thing, you know, catches the ball really clean. I wanted to see him cut off of both feet today. And he's his burst off the line is really impressive. I mean, fastest 10-yard split in the history of tight end play, as we all know. Uh, sarcasm for those people who are new to the channel. Uh, but to see him, Ryan, coming off of a secondary knee injury, it's like, okay, is he going to favor the injured knee? I watched him make cuts today going left and right, and it was no tentativeness. 
that's a mental thing that's like, okay, check, right? All right, cool. Uh, but man, he he is a physically impressive looking kid. He's the most physically imposing tight end they have, which just surprises me because I knew he was tall, but I mean he's got huge arms. I mean, he he has not missed curl day in a long time. I'll just <laughs> say it like that, right? Uh, he has definitely not missed that. He's a very impressive young man athletically, but he's it, it hasn't caused him to get slower or tight. He's right. still a very fluid athlete, just an explosive fluid athlete. But the mental block of getting past the ten- tentativeness of the knees, well, it was nice to see that today. And then Holden awesome. Stace looked like he did yesterday, just really smooth and fluid and, and fast. He's a that's an impress those guys, that's an impressive one two punch of young tight ends, man. Really impressive. I'm telling you, man, if Eli can get back healthy and stay healthy, that sophomore tight end group is pretty dang good, man. It's talented. It's really, really talented. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Holden can do, obviously, using the spring momentum that he has, being one of the only few healthy tight ends in the room during the spring and transitioning that momentum this offseason. Great to hear that Eli is starting to look like himself coming back from that injury as well. So Mm -hmm. a lot of great offensive notes. We're going to go over the defensive side of the ball. Just click like button, subscribe to the podcast, five-star reviews, all those great things. We'll get into the defensive side of the football from today's practice observations. Brian, you should start with the defensive line, but your first notes of the day were about some senior linebackers that everyone likes to yeah. shade at. So yeah, let's start so, there. So, well, just the reason, I don't have a ton on the D-line and the DBs just because of the nature of what they were doing today. There just wasn't a lot to evaluate. You know, uh, hey, guess what? Benjamin Morrison is, looks good in the back pedal. All right. I mean, okay. But, yeah, the linebackers, I, I, one of the guys that I kind of had my my eyes on, I want to see how he moves in camp. Yep. So when I saw Jack Kaiser's roster number. Uh, 232, 232, right? Yeah. He was like 223 last year, but he was playing barely 220 the year before. You're like, okay, fifth-year seniors don't usually make healthy 9- to 10-pound weight gains it that's more of a hey we need you to play inside more put weight on and it's not always it's not that it's bad weight it's good weight jack he looks like a million bucks but that extra muscle eight nine ten pounds of muscle can make you get stiff and tight and lose some explosiveness that was a big fear i had with jack kaiser because the one thing jack can do is we've always said is he can run well ryan i can tell you he has not lost a step at all i mean if anything he's that first step is like every bit as good, if not maybe even a touch better than yep. it was in the past. Uh, so he's moving around really well. Like he looks every bit as thick as JD Bertrand now. Like seriously, I mean they 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 and and but which, still moving very 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 well. Very which well. makes sense because I think JD's number was two thirty three on the roster, yeah. and then Jack's yeah. was two twenty two thirty two. Yeah. So they're but you right see it on film last year. JD just looked thicker than Jack. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're very similar, like height wise and all that. Yeah. But like from a thickness standpoint, it was very obvious yeah. that J.D. was thicker than Jack. Yeah. Well, one was Not definitely a mic. The other was definitely a rover. Like, there was no doubt about it. Yes, <laughs> They look point. very similar now, like st- st- uh, size wise. But Jack is still moving very well in the drills we saw you know the good the the foot fire is really good the, you know the, the doing the lateral stuff that's really clean and then the plant get downhill that was really clean and you know this is something minor it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate all the but just watching him pop the pop the sled today there's just a little yeah. bit more to it with the lower yeah. body just a little bit more boom with through the hips you know and uh 
you can tell that I'm in football coaching mode because I've said the word boom about 37 times in the last mm. two shows. Uh, <laughs> but you could just see that explosive. It's just a little bit more explosiveness through the hips right now. Here's the question for Jack is as you get deeper into fall camp, can you maintain that weight? And, and from a conditioning standpoint, you never know until you do it. But the way he was moving around today, Ryan, it was it looked very natural for him. So that was good to see, which then leads to potentially the, the opportunity that potentially he could play more inside this season in the nickel sets, which is very important. I was also interested to see, Brian, because I know you had a note on Maris Loifau. Maris also had a little bit of a weight gain this year. He's up to 239 pounds right now. Athletically, how's he looking at 239? I mean, he actually looks – so one one of the intel pieces we got this summer, Ryan, uh, really was more in the spring, kind of like post-spring summer workouts, was that Maris was, was looking – a little bit more, a little bit more burst, a little bit more, you know, lateral quickness is better. Not that the speed was better because the speed was fine, but just movement wise, lateral quickness, plant and drive, change of direction was just better. Now that he's a, an extra year removed from the knee, from the lower body injury. I see that. I mean, just the movement skills, Ryan, just the, the you know, really clean side to side, really nice plant and drive downhill. None of that has I mean none of the stuff we saw today from Jack and Maris and JD none of that is going to tell us if they're going to be good linebackers or not right but you got to have a baseline to start with and on day two it's are you moving around because the right. worst thing and, and I know you've dealt with this too Ryan is as, as a player and a coach is you get that guy that put on that I need to gain 10 pounds this offseason right. and then they show up and you're like this guy's just this guy's not moving well so then your whole camp is geared on we got out of reach get that that bad weight off and try to get your foot quickness back those type of things so you always want to see, okay, is that are they moving well with that extra weight? Sure. And you know, Maris was he doesn't look 239. He's put together pretty well. He's got his uh his hair's a little bit is like more braided, so it's like it was in the bowl game. So it, it it's hard sometimes to pick him out. I forget where he is because I'm I'm looking for the hair, you know. But uh that kind of I this is gonna sound weird, but like the way his hair is now, it almost you, you see the upper body, you notice the upper body a little bit more now. You know where it's like the big the big head looking thing because of the hair that was coming out. You maybe mask just how broad shouldered he is. If that makes I mean, does that makes sense. What I'm saying, like it just kind of okay. Where does his hair end and his, his shoulders begin? I'm not trying to be silly here. I'm saying like it kind of it was harder to evaluate it because there was just so much more going on. Well, now with his hair kind of braided, you don't really see his hair. It's like you can barely see it hanging out the back. So you notice a little bit more that he you know he's got a little bit broader shouldered, a little bit thicker. He's carrying that weight really well. And the movement was there uh, today as well, Ryan. Now, again, movement and speed was never Maris Lewifau's problem, right? right? It's it, But it is still good to see, you know, like you said, 239. Is he moving well? Does he still have that pop? Those things were all there today. And that was that was good to see. None of but but it's the young guys, Ryan, oh, well, man, that, that you talk about. That's just a different deal right there athletically. Yeah. Well, the 2023 class, it's a perfect segue. You had Drake Bowen, you had Jay Nosbury, and Preston Zinter, all of which were early enrollees. So they are also 17 practices in, like you were kind of talking about with Sam Pendleton. So they've gotten the whole offseason. They had the spring. They It should be no surprise, based upon if you were with us in the spring, that this freshman linebacker group looks like it could be special. So your mm-hmm. observations from those three youngsters today. Well, Preston Zinter is a guy, the thing that pops out about him is he's he's got the biggest frame at linebacker of any of the linebackers. 
Like, okay, that guy could go play H-back. That guy could put on 20 pounds if you needed him to and go play H-back. That guy could put on 30 pounds and go play Viper if you needed him to. I'm not saying you're going to do that. I'm just saying that's something that pops out at you. But, you know, smooth athlete. He do, He's not as explosive as the other linebackers on the roster, but he's very smooth. And he's got some – some. his gear is, is impressive. And you saw that in some of the pursuit drills today. Like, when Preston gets – Preston doesn't quite have the same – short area explosiveness of Jaden and Drake and the other guys. But when he gets moving, his long speed, and when I mean long speed, I mean after like 30 yards, he's finally running. I mean, like after five or six steps and he just turns it loose in space, he can run. I mean, he's got, he's really got some juice. So I was, it was good to see that. Uh, Drake Bowen is very twitchy. Like yes. Very twitchy. And like just, does little sudden things you're just like that guy's just moves different right and there's there's a lot of that in the freshman sophomore class ryan like you 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 get to on the field and you just see these guys and you're just like that cat moves different we you guys talked about that with benjamin morrison last year right like that guy just is a different gear than everybody else there's a lot more of that in the freshman and sophomore classes than you see in, in the upper classes and that's true with the freshman linebackers they just move different blake already looks physically like he's got to get a little bit more defined in the upper body. Like, a, you know, he's a freshman. He doesn't quite have the definition, but he's still a muscular kid. Uh, he, it's, it's going to sound funny, but he's kind of built more like a baseball player still than a football player. You know, like That's he's fair. a big athletic kid. He just doesn't have that, you know, like that same look, but he's what 18 year old freshman that's going to come. But what you see is a really strong lower half but not a big lower half where you worry about, is he going to slow down? Is he, you know, is he too big in the lower body? He's just a really well put together. He, he carries 235 really well. And he, yep. he's re- his short area quickness. Like he, he's like a prototype inside linebacker and in that a modern inside linebacker with that range and speed. And it takes him two steps to be full speed with power. You know, it's an impressive thing. Now he's got to learn, you know, technique and the defense and all sure. that. But man, he's an impressive athlete. Impress. And you can just watch Drake in practice when Bullis talking or Coach Golden's talking to somebody else. He's just kind of zeroed in. Listening. Yeah. yeah. yeah you can just see yeah. that. Like he's trying to yeah. learn. Uh, and that's a good thing. And you see that with Jaden Osbury too. Jaden Osbury is is similar to Drake from an explosive, explosive standpoint, but his acceleration and is really impressive and he is smooth Ryan like he just glides it's almost like he like Drake is twitchy like just plant and he just looks like he's shot out of a missile right Jaden just kind of he's like he's floating you know he just he's just smooth man it's just like change of direction is like an easy thing for him his feet just move so light and nimble but he's also really explosive too you know it just looks different he just moves different than other guys, which leads me to believe this is the kind of kid that if he can maintain this level of athleticism, can can be a situation where he could be more of a Jeremiah Wusukoromoa than a Jack Kaiser at Rover. What I mean by right. that is I'm not trying to say Jaden is going to be as good of a player as Jeremiah. What I'm saying is when Jeremiah Wusukoromoa is at Notre Dame, you could play your four-two-five with a with a with a true rover in your nickel situations as well. You could play it in passing down. So when you played North Carolina in 2020, you didn't have to sub him out and go nickel. 
because he could do a lot of the coverage things that you would get out of your nickel. You know, there was that range and those type of things. I don't know how much you can do that in a man defensive scheme. We'll see. But the point is you can play him in space in all situations, the way he moves, if he can maintain that. He's just a really rangy, which again, you don't think six, barely six foot. You don't think rangy when you hear that yeah. kind of athlete, but he you, is. You think short, short legs and pitter patter yes. and all that yes. stuff. Yeah, he yeah, is yeah. smooth and rangy. I really like the way he runs around. Like even little things like Ryan, they're doing this drill where they, they would, they were simulating like a little, like a boot, like a tight end running back, catching like a little, either a slide route, a check slide, or a better uh, way of doing like a, a, a free release screen. You know, you block down yeah. and then you kind of release out of the flats. You catch the ball here and then you turn up field. And then the linebackers were working on their pursuit angles. Mm-hmm. And even just watching that, you're like, that kid just moves at a different speed than everybody else. Like it just, like he just, he's just a different kind of athlete. Now he's got to learn the defense. He's got to get stronger and all that. But sure. you just look at it and you're saying, man, this is a really athletic really athletic group of players yeah really athletic group of players i mean i'm excited about this young class man i mean because obviously not focusing too much on defensive line today brian but i mean hard not to get excited about seeing armel mukab up at 280 pounds you know like hard not to get excited about stuff like that as well you had one other weight gain observation that you wanted to talk about i know you already hit on of course everybody's favorite off-season sleeper jason onye but Mm -hmm. also Riley Mills, who's making the move inside up to 306 pounds this all season after being 296 this spring listed. Sounds like it's a good weight that he also put on. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. I got a This person in the chat talking about how practice started at 930 and it's already over. This is not – is this like the junction – am I getting punked here or something like that? Boys. Like, what is going on? <laughs> is this junction, boys, again? Practices are never more than two hours long, like anywhere. What are we talking about? It's two o'clock in the afternoon. Like, so yes, there's a reason practice is over. I have no clue what's going on right now. Right? I, I sometimes think I'm just getting punked or something well, like that. Well, they had to, they have to limit the amount of time that you have with the athletes each day. And, and some of it has to go towards weightlifting and some has to go towards I mean, meetings. Ryan, and, we're talking yeah. about if, if, if practice was still going on now, we'd be talking about a four and a half hour long practice. <laughs> like, I, I've you, never had one of those over already. Like yeah, if, I'm, if the practice was still going on when this show started at one o'clock, It'd be three and a half hour long practice. I, I can't tell you the last time I was ever heard of a three and a half hour long practice. I've never like, been. A part I have of no idea what's going on. Or right a coach, now. like yeah, yeah. I yeah. just keep seeing yeah. the same person saying that over and over and over again, and I'm like, is this a joke? Like, I don't, I don't know if they're joking or not. Uh, so I, I'm sorry, I got a little distracted by that. But practice, I'm talking about yeah, practice. That's, that's strange. <laughs> Riley Mills. Here's my yes. concern, Ryan. Riley's up to three hundred six. Yeah, and he's really big. And I want, but I wanted to see, does he still have the, you know, does he still keep that burst? Does he still have the, the explosiveness? So just watching him go through a couple of drills. It's not a lot, Ryan. And so it, you can only tell so much because he's not engaging and then shedding and getting the backfield. It's just hitting a shed or hitting a sled, you know, and it was like the five man sled, but just watching him come off the line, the foot quickness, the hand fire, the explosiveness, you saw the athleticism uh, is, is simple is where it was. He didn't lose a step. By getting, you know, because he's probably 15 pounds heavier than he was last fall and about 10 pounds heavier than what he was in the spring. So getting, seeing him move around, very good weight. It's all, I mean, it's all up here. Like, I mean, all his weight gain is all up here and in the thighs. There's no like extra gut 
to hold up at the point of attack. I didn't mention this in the practice report, but I, I do like how Gabriel, Gabriel Rubio is showing a little bit more lateral movement capability this year. He's, he's never going to okay. be a super smooth lateral mover. He's always going to be kind of a bull in a china shop, vertical kind of phone booth kind of guy. But seeing a lot more of him showing a little bit more ranginess, moving side to side in some of the drills today, that was encouraging to see. Uh, but they they just look so much bigger inside this year than they yep. did last year. I mean, Rubio, I mean, I mean, Rubio is about <laughs> 10 pounds, are. at least 10 pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, you know, Chris Smith was stout, but he was, or he was thick, but he was really short. You know, now you're, you're, you know, you got Howard Cross at six foot and a half, 288 pounds. He's about 15 pounds heavier than he was last year at this time and still moving very well. But then now you went from six foot three, 285 pound Jason Adamiola to six, five and a half, 306 pound Riley Mills with three technique. Gabriel Rubio went from about low 290s last year to now 306 pounds. He's a big boy. Jason Onye, you went from barely six feet tall Chris Smith, 320 pounds, to now six four and a half Jason Onye, who's 290 plus, but just looks really big. And and so you're, you, you, they're much bigger than they were last year up the middle. That's a good thing to see. But none of them have lost a step, right? They're not adding size at the expense of right. – foot quickness and those are the things you look for in, in the first couple of days of practice it's quickly changed the the just the opinion of the interior defensive line just from last season to now brian i mean literally you're going to try out multiple 300 plus pounders and basically everybody's now is i mean howard cross is the smallest guy listed right now at 288 pounds it's going to be a regular on the interior like that's just kind of where we are yeah. so now you have 288 you have two 300 plus pounders you have a 294 in Jason Onye, Notre Dame is quickly, not not even counting like Aiden Kiana Ana, if he's able to get some reps this year, he's also over 300 pounds. Notre Dame has a lot more beef inside yeah. defensively this yeah. year. There's no doubt about no that. Doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yep. So I believe that is going to conclude the observations for practice. We're talking about practice. Yeah, we're talking about practice. Any last minute observations, Brian, before we get into a little bit of. No, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad we're going to get to see him tomorrow again. And we'll get to see yep. him a couple times next week. Just see different parts and see how guys are evolving and, you know, who looked great on day one, but is running with camp legs already in day five. I mean, it happens every year, right? That some guys like, oh, boy. I exerted a little bit too much energy on day one and two, you know, or, or I, or I, you know, just wasn't in maybe the shape that I needed to be from a conditioning standpoint, you know, who, or do they maintain it? Right. I mean, this team looks really good, Brian, from the standpoint of like, we were talking to today. Um, I don't remember anybody like Barfin in practice. I mean, that, that may sound weird to some of you, but if if you've ever been around a football team, like that just doesn't not happen. I don't hey remember man, a we, single kid yesterday. Hey man, there's there's kids that go to rookie mini camps in the NFL and start barfing. So yeah, and you know I know it was a 17 period practice yesterday, but it was outside almost the entire time. It wasn't hot, hot, but it was really humid. And today it's like it's like 80, but it's really humid. And I don't see anybody. You know, guys getting water, they're hydrating a lot. You know, they've got that. That's all the same. But you just don't see anybody like really tanking so far. Now that. I want to see that continue, right? But they just look in great shape. You know what I mean? Like, they just look like they've put on really good weight. I don't see anybody outside of a couple linemen that seem to have bad weight on. You got some younger guys. Uh, they look stronger. I mean, Cam Hart just looks a, more filled out, but is, it hasn't affected his movement at all. You know, Benjamin Morrison, his weight hasn't changed on the roster, but he just looks thicker. Hasn't affected his movement at all. The receivers are smooth. 
it just they look to be in great shape. That's a good thing. They their conditioning seems to be really good. Now we just need to see it see and maintain it. So I'm I'm happy with day two, but this is just part of the process, right? It's the building blocks, and I'm looking forward to kind of seeing last couple days of, of what they're going to do. I'm probably going to try to spend a little bit more time on the D line tomorrow. Hopefully they do some drills that allow us to see them kind of get turned loose a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise it's just going to be like, well, yeah, this guy looks the part. Oh, by the way, uh, Bubakar Traore might be one of the longest human beings I've ever seen in my life. Like he's in like a, a drill. I, I'm curious where they're going to play him right now. Cause he looks like he could play Viper right now. Body. I was going to say he's like two thirty seven. Yeah. So I mean, but yeah. he 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 is definitely thinned out from his high school film. But yeah. it's probably good thinning out. He's going to get. He's going to put a lot of good weight on over the next year. But he is so long. He was like in a drill where they're like he's like in a two point stance. Yeah, and he's bending his arms. His arms are bent like this but they're still hanging way below his knee. <laughs> it was just like, this guy is long. Armel Mookum is going to be an interior guy. Like yeah. his days of being an edge player may already be over. I mean, he's, he's, he looks, you know, he looks like Ryan. He's like a dead ringer body type wise for Jay Hayes. Remember Jay Hayes okay. who yep. Notre Dame yep. absolutely should have moved inside. Jay Hayes should not have been a defensive end of 2017, but you didn't have anybody else. Right. But body type wise, Ryan, he is a longer Jay Hayes. That's what that's what Armel is. He's he because you know six. He's not as tall as Bubakar. Bubakar's at least six four and a half. Like Brendan Vernon and Bubakar, both really like tall kids. Armel yep. is much shorter. He's six six three, yep. and but he's got super long arms. But he is a thick yes. kid, <laughs> and I, and it's not bad. Like when I saw two eighty, he was one of the guys. I was like, okay, what's the weight? Is he like the you know, he got bad weight that he put a lot of it in his midsection. It's he's just thick, Ryan, like just big old beat, you know, back, backside, wide hips, you know, big, thick, lower body, big calves, broad shoulders, big arms, big chest. He's a thick kid. He's going to be 300 pounds. And I wouldn't have said that based on high school film. I really, I don't know that I would have seen that, but you see him up close and personal. He's already 280. That kid's going to be at least 295, 300 pounds and, and be athletic and super long. Yeah. He is a really long kid. Well, I remember the last time I talked to him, it was before he was enrolling, and he was already up to 265, 270 at that yeah. point. So I was like, oh, man, he's gaining yeah. some good weight. I mean, and he's a really hardworking kid, so I'm not surprised that it's good mass that he's putting on right yeah. now. Ryan, to think, Woodbury Forest has a – if they have a hockey program, he could be playing college hockey somewhere instead of football. I mean, I to just think about that. But <laughs> Woodbury Forest, this little tiny private school out in the middle of nowhere, is going to end up producing three really good football players from Notre Dame. Yes, they are. Because you had CJ yes, Prosize and Greer Martini, who were high school teammates. Yep. And now Armel Mookum. Yep. Like, wouldn't have guessed it. Yeah. Wouldn't have guessed yep. it. But yeah, he yep. uh, he's an impressive looking kid. I, I still want to see the uh, I still want to see the past highlights of him playing hockey, but that's yes. a conversation for a different yes. day. But so that's going to include today's observation talk from Notre Dame's second fall practice. Make sure to stay tuned. Again, Brian will be back on the beat tomorrow to take it another practice and be able to give you all some instant analysis. Yeah, we'll, We're going to we'll go do to that some a little bit talk. before the mailbag. It won't be a ton, but yeah, we'll have a little bit yep. of that before the mailbag. Correct. Yep. So we'll, that, right? we'll bang that out before the mailbag tomorrow and lead you all right into, of course, Friday free for all mailbag. We're going to get into some recruiting talk next, including some 2025 quarterbacks and a little bit of a preview of the grill and chill recruiting event this weekend. Before we do, 
you just hit that like button for me. Subscribe to the podcast. That notification bell, you need to hit that because we're going to have a lot more shows coming up here very soon, including tonight on Ivy Nation Sports Talk, where Vince is also going to give you some of his takes from practice as well. So make sure you hit that notification bell. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are always very, very much appreciated. If you want the early intel on practices, boards.irishbreakdown.com is the place to go. Of course, we'll have the free content as a little bit after that has been published on the board every single day from the practice reports at irishbreakdown.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.